Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Well, well, well. What do you know? We have ourselves a series. The NBA Finals just got really good. You know, is that something that you'd be saying this morning if you understood or if you got it? I would say no. Like, if you still have learned absolutely nothing about the Miami Heat, if you have not been paying attention, then you're probably pretty shocked right about now. Like, you can't believe we actually have a series. That they're actually going to play this series. That the series isn't actually over yet. If you know nothing about nothing or you haven't been paying attention. Personally, I couldn't be any less surprised because I stopped doubting these dudes a long time ago. Going into the weekend, I told you that everybody assuming that this series was going to be a sweep or a landslide was about to look pretty stupid. And right now, everybody who assumed that it was going to be a sweep or a landslide looks pretty stupid. Meanwhile, all I said is that the Heat are going to show up and do what they always do. Grind, fight, get nasty, hang around. And if you don't finish them, when you have the opportunity, they will rise up and they'll stab you in the heart. If you don't drive a stake right through theirs, how could you not know that by now? How could you not know that by now if you've been watching them because they've been doing it over and over this postseason and then they did it again last night? Once again, the Miami Heat go into somebody else's house and they rip their home court right out from underneath them. And once again, the Heat go into somebody else's house and rip their souls right in front of their own fans. It's just what they do. And they keep doing it. Over and over and over again. But why don't we put aside all the hype for a second. Let's forget who's supposed to win the series. According to Vegas. And all the talking heads. And all the lava spewers. And who was the overwhelming favorite again last night? Like forget all of that for a moment. Because you know who doesn't give a crap about any of that? The Heat. You know who doesn't give a single damn about any of that noise? My dude, Gaucho, Gabe Vincent. All year, Denver has been complaining about not getting in respect. And here in the finals, they are the, the heavy, favorite, heavy favorite. So are you guys a little upset that you're not getting the respect that you deserve? I speak for my whole team when I say we don't give a damn. We just want to get four wins. We don't give a damn about none of the other stuff. Gaucho, Gabe, my man, they don't give a damn. They don't give a damn. They don't give a damn about what anybody has to say about them. Hell, they don't give a damn about anything except finding a way to win games. And they just keep finding ways to win games. Think about this. Denver had not lost a game at home yet in this postseason. In fact, Denver had not lost a game at home since March. Today's June 5th. But that's nothing compared to the fact that the Heat have not won a game, any game in Denver, since 2016. It had been seven years. Go ahead, Avi. Jungle Tourette, seven years. Thank you. It had been seven years, and then last night Miami goes in, and they just took exactly the game they needed 
Got it, Alvy. Thanks. Jungle Tourette's. There is no cure. So Miami goes in and they take exactly the game they needed most, exactly when they needed it most. And make no mistake, they ripped that game from Denver. I want to be very clear about that. They ripped that game from the Nuggets. The Nuggets had their boot on Miami's throat. The Nuggets blew them out in game one. They led by as many as 15 last night. And they led by eight going into the fourth quarter. However, when it came time to make the kill, they could not seal that deal. That can't happen. Again, if you get your boot on their throat, you have to finish the heat. At this point, again, how the hell do you not know that? Well, I'll tell you one person who did know that. Nuggets head coach Michael Malone. And he was pissed. Really pissed about a lot of things, but mostly about the fact that he just watched his team get outworked by the Heat on their own floor. Not my words, but his. Why do you think your starters uh, that weren't Joker struggled scoring, I guess? Well, I don't think the that, that's the biggest question. Now, let's talk about effort. I mean, this is the NBA Finals, and we're talking about effort. That's a huge concern of mine. You know, and you guys probably thought I was just making up some storyline after game one when I said we didn't play well. We didn't play well. And tonight, you know, that the starting lineup to start the game is 10 to 2 Miami. Start the third quarter. They scored 11 points in two minutes and 10 seconds. Um, and we just got, you know, we had guys out there that were just, whether feeling sorry for themselves for not making shots or thinking they can just turn it on or off. Um, this is not the preseason. This is not the regular season. It's not round. This is the NBA Finals. And that, to me, is really, really perplexing, disappointing. I mean, that's keeping it real. The only thing missing from that was him dropping names. And I thought he was going to. No names mentioned, but I don't know. Michael Porter Jr.? I thought he was going to start dropping names. That's a head coach in the NBA. In the NBA Finals, directly calling out and questioning his team's effort for the entire world to hear. But then again, it's not like it's something the entire world didn't see on its own. So he's not wrong. And he's not wrong to be that pissed. And as much as I love the man, he's not without blame. None of them are, except for maybe Joker. I mean, how the hell do you play that game? How the hell do you play that game? And when I say that game, again, I mean it's a four-quarter game. This is not the CBA. You don't get credit for winning three quarters. So how do you play that game in that situation? How the hell do you play with a 15-point lead and you have both hands around their throat and then come out that flat with that little energy in the fourth quarter, especially when you know who you're dealing with? Again, Miami deserves a hell of a lot of credit for making the adjustments that they made. And for doing the Nuggets the way they did them. But Denver needs to look within and figure out how the hell that happens in Game 2 of the NBA Finals in their own house. Because now they do have a problem. And they know it. Because it wasn't like Malone was the only one questioning the effort after the game either. Nuggets vet Jeff Green said it a little more colorfully than even Malone did. Are you perplexed that at this stage of the season that that's even a talking point? Yeah. I mean, it's the f-ing finals, man. Like, our energy has to be better. We can't come out like we did. And, um, you know, we have to be better.
That's what I'm saying. The journos took a beating last night, didn't they? But so did the Nuggets. You just said a point blank. Alvin, get that ready again. That's the perfect answer. Yes, I'm perplexed. It's the bleeping NBA Finals. It's the Finals, man. Like Our energy has to be better. We can't come out like we did. And, um, you know, we have to be better. I love that. That's not like behind closed doors to each other. That's right there for the world to hear. It's the bleeping NBA Finals. It's the Finals, man. Like, like, how the bleep are we talking about effort right now? Listen, I get it. It's basketball, right? Sometimes shots don't fall. But you should never, never get outworked, out-hustled, and out-efforted in an NBA Finals game. Especially when, as a franchise, you've never been to the Finals before. You finally get there after all these decades, and you're in your own barn, and the other guy wants it worse than you? How the hell are you going to explain that? Per usual, make that make sense. That's not good. That's below not good. In fact, that's horrible. There's a word for that. Ass. And the Nuggets. The Nuggets better hope that's just one really bad night. One really bad night and that they have a response. You know, the way the Heat had a response after their game one loss. The way the Heat always seemed to have a response. Like, how bad and alarming and embarrassing was that? So bad and alarming and embarrassing that even Jokic was not in the mood to talk about it after the game. Nicola, what was sort of the, the mood when you guys got in there, knowing that effort was kind of one of the main issues? What was sort of the mood when you all huddled up in there? I don't I don't know. Can I not ask on this question? Yeah, I don't want to hear. This dude's so great, even in defeat. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what's your beef? He, he just said, listen to him, he muttered, can I not answer that question? Can I not answer this question? He's like the most yeah, polite yeah. superstar who ever lived. Um, is it okay if I don't answer that question? I don't, I don't know. With your permission, I would like to not answer that question. Can, can, we, can we please, pretty please, strike that from the record? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, answer. man. Jokic actually answered the question by not answering the question. It was a non-answer that said it all. The Nuggets are miserable right now, and they should be. They blew it. They know it. And here's the other tough thing for Denver. Joker got his. This guy did go off. He got 41, and they still did not win. Although some would say letting him score was actually the key to the game for Miami. Just don't try to run any of that by Spo. Don't try Spo with that line of thinking or that argument. Miss Spo with that or he might bite your head off. When teams play against Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he controls the game. You, he only had four assists tonight. Yeah, that, that's, that's a ridiculous 
you know, it's just, that's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. You know, twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say, oh, make him a score. <laughs> that's not how they play. They, they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. Damn, Spo. The untrained eye. The untrained eye. He just hit a totally respected journal with an untrained eye blast. The untrained eye. Wow. Some pretty serious smack right there. That's worse than calling her a casual. And the funny thing is, I can't decide whether he's being serious right there or if he's just playing poker. Or if that's an all-time bluff, because here are some concrete numbers. Denver is now 0-3 in the postseason when Jokic scores 40 or more. They were only 7-13 during the regular season when he had eight or fewer assists. Last night, he had four. So forcing Jokic to be more of a scorer than a facilitator seems to be a pretty decent way of beating them or slowing them down. An offense that was thought to be unstoppable. And that's not a trained eye or an untrained eye or a casual take. That's just what the numbers clearly point to. But the actual biggest adjustment that anybody needs to make in this series is that Denver needs to wake the hell up. That's my unscientific, casual observation. This is my untrained eye. You know what they need to do? You know what the single biggest adjustment that Denver can make between now and game three? They need to wake the hell up. Oh, and actually try all four quarters and bring more effort, especially defensively. You know, they've taken the lowest scoring team during the regular season in the heat and turned them into what looks like the best three-point shooting team I've ever seen. They need more focus offensively, too. They need to choke the other guy out when they have that chance. We know all about the heat culture. Push back on this all you want. It's a real thing. It really does exist. Now we're going to find out about the Nuggets culture and whether or not that's a real thing and whether or not that exists. In other words, Denver needs to remember that it is the bleeping NBA Finals. It's the Finals, man. And just because everybody was ready to crown them ahead of time does not mean the Heat were just going to lie down and die and let them have it. But did you really think they were just going to roll over? And back to Spolster, like, this guy's incredible. What an amazing coach. One of the greatest coaches ever. Best coach in the game right now and one of the greatest coaches ever. But easy, Spo. The untrained eye? The untrained eye. Wow. Like, Ramona has a family and loved ones. Did you really have to go scorched earth on her like that? The untrained eyes. And she's a lawyer, right? And she's a pro, highly respected. We've had her on this show. She's great. It's not like she got the wrong date on the next game or anything. Look at you. Do your job. Like, I know Coach Bo does not want to give the Nuggets any fuel. Or he and the coaching staff don't want to show any of their cards. But to be on the receiving end of that scud was just unwarranted, unnecessary. That was gratuitous. That was not necessary. Having said that, 
you knuckleheads who tweet the show have a, quote, untrained eye. The untrained For good eye. takes. I've got no problem saying that about some of you. Some of you have an untrained eye the for untrained entertaining eye. radio. An untrained eye untrained for quality eye. content. How do I know? Without even looking. Without even looking. I already know that I've got a few dozen Sandy Duncan tweets in my mentions right now. The untrained That's how eye. I know. That's how I know. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. We are joined by Julian Edlow. Julian, great to have you on. How are you? Guys, it's gone. Julian, sorry about that. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. How about you? Good, dude, good. Sorry about that. Listen, so the Nuggets smacked the Heat in game one. Then they had a 15-point lead on them last night, but by now everybody should know better that if you've got a boot on Miami's throat, you better choke them out. Instead, they ripped the home court back. What were your biggest takeaways from last night's game, and then what do you think that means for the rest of the series? Yeah, I mean, this is what Miami has been doing all postseason. Uh, we've we've been watching it play out, so Yes, a lot of it is on the on the Nuggets for not not finishing the job. A lot of the way, you know, the Celtics did the same exact thing in game in game two, um, or in games one and two at home, and and letting those games go. So, what it what it means for me, I think, is more just that Denver is is the one team that I didn't know if we would actually see in this situation. That meaning lose home game. They hadn't lost a home game all postseason. When Jokic plays going into last night. Denver's 38 and 4 on their home floor and they had that massive lead over Miami before letting it go. So, if there was one spot, you know, Miami got here by stealing game 1 in Milwaukee, in New York, in Boston and then got kind of a horrible spot in game 1 in Denver because you're coming off the seven game series. Denver had the sweep. It just set up perfectly for a Denver spot. So, it put even more pressure on Miami if they're going to get a split to get game two, and, and they pulled it out. So just the way that this Miami team grinds and the ridiculous turnaround from being one of, the worst offense during the regular season and now having one of the hottest shooting postseasons that we've ever seen, and it just keeps continuing, and it keeps winning them games. Jimmy Butler hasn't even played well yet, and here we are 1-1 going back to Miami. Julian Edlow joining us. You beat me to it. I was going to say to you, how do you explain the fact that the Heat were dead last in the league in points per game in the regular season to all of a sudden they're damn near dead-eye from beyond the arc? What's going on? How did they turn that thing around like that? Yeah, I think maybe it, like we're at the point now where we've been talking about it all, all postseason, and it's not running out. So at some point, we just have to kind of admit that maybe the Heat are this good. Maybe not this good. They're shooting, you know, as well as you can shoot, but a lot better than they were all regular season. And, you you know, you look back to it, this team played in the NBA Finals in the bubble. This team was the number one seed that, you know, Jimmy Butler had a shot in the air in Game 7 to beat the Celtics last year and go to the Finals. Maybe they just had a down season for a really long time. Maybe they had one of the longer cold stretches 
spanning over the majority of a regular season, as crazy as that sounds. Because when we look back at a few years sample of this team, it's, it's had this core together for the most part, and it's been really good. So uh, they've been so good for so long now in the postseason that I think we have to start talking about the Heat maybe just having a really long downstretch for the majority of the regular season and then turning back into closer to what they are in the postseason here. Or Julian hit be this guy, or maybe we just talk about how the regular season really doesn't mean anything at all, right? If these guys can keep doing this in the postseason, but that's a different topic. Julian Edlow is joining us from DraftKings. Julian, what about Tyler Hero? For instance, do you think that he's going to go in game three? And then how are you factoring that into how you decide to play Wednesday's game? How are you approaching that one? I have no idea if he goes in Game 3, but if I'm Eric Spolstra, and Eric Spolstra is doing a fantastic job with this team, so he's going to have a much better answer than, than me. But if I'm Eric Spolstra, I'm feeling pretty nervous about bringing some, some rusty legs back in in Tyler Hero because Caleb Martin's playing so well, even though he's come back to earth in this series rather than the Boston series. Gabe Vincent has been insane. Duncan Robinson, arguably with that 10-point streak, uh, stretch to start the fourth quarter, won them that game last night. I would be very nervous to insert Tyler Hero back in here for whatever it may be, 20 to 30 minutes, and take those minutes away from these other guys that have now gotten you here. So it's nothing, uh, you know, against Tyler Hero. It's always nice to have another option on the bench, but the way that this team is clicking right now, it's a pretty tough ask for Spolster to just go plug him back in. But what I will say just from the DraftKings side of this, if you're going to look at a sports betting angle here, if Hero does actually come back and Spolster says, oh yeah, we're going to play him 25-30 minutes, well that's now taking away minutes from a Gabe Vincent, a Duncan Robinson, a Caleb Martin, guys whose player props are all very inflated from how well they've already been playing. Now you're looking at maybe playing some unders on those guys just purely by, by a statistical standpoint that Hero's going to come in and take those minutes and shot attempts away. Julian Edlow joining us. Julian, from a gambling standpoint, let me tell you a story. And I know you've got a million stories, but I got this guy. I got a buddy of mine who he hit the Nuggets last night, minus eight and a half, and thought it was a big number, but felt pretty good about that. And then early on, they fall behind, and he just starts chasing, right? He's like, in-game, in-game, in-game. This dude, and he's blowing me up. Like, I, I can barely watch the game because my boy's just killing me. And then he's like five times, six times, and he's furious. And then he thinks when they're up 15, he's the smartest guy who ever lived, only to lose every single bet. What is your approach to that? Why do I think that you've probably heard that story or experienced something similar to that and what's your reaction to that yeah we've all heard that story and if you're a sports better you you've been there too like you know you gotta sometimes you gotta learn by by making your own your own mistake um and like you said when denver was up 15 now now he's the smartest guy in the world but uh that score did not hold the nba is the most ridiculous game of runs uh that you can imagine in this current era with the pace of play with the three-point shooting like no lead is no lead is safe. Um, so, for me, it's obviously something that you got to be extremely careful with. I have no problem if you want to, you know, take a heavy favorite that goes down early in a game and and play them on the live line. If you have for some, if you have an indication that you think that they should be able to bounce back in that game, and I I didn't even think last night was all that bad of a spot for for Denver to to bounce back. It was kind of a spot that Miami did need to come out and show a little something, and then you thought Denver would maybe make a game of it. 
um, didn't wind up going that way, obviously. But yeah, I, I think you know when you work in the sports betting field, uh, you always need to you know preach accountability, preach bankroll management, and just because you're already invested in the game and you're like, oh, I already need them to 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 win by more than eight and a half, I might as well just take them now at even money on the money line since I need that anyway. You got to be careful because you got to be able to spread it around if you want to be you know have money to be able to do this for more than one game. Um, so, yeah, I, I would just preach the number one thing if you're going to chase after games like that. It, you know, if you got the type of money where you can you can go after it that many times, then then have at it. But I think in the case of most people, you're going to want to be much more careful, say, hey, I was wrong about this game. Let's start looking into the next one. It's so well said. That is that is so well said, the way you just laid that out. You it Better to be wrong and own it and be accountable than to keep telling yourself, well, if it made sense at 8.5, how could it not make sense at 4.5? And, and if it doesn't make sense at 4.5, how could it not make sense at 2.5? And, and the next thing you know, well, the, the way I'm selling this, it sounds like it's me. It's not me. And for the record, it's not the big head James Kelly who already hit me with. They're going to think it's me. He hit the heat last night. All right, so Julian, final thoughts. What are your early thoughts on Game 3? Any idea what angles you're going to go with for that game? Game 3 is a really interesting spot. and I don't have much of a feel for how I'm going to play the game yet. I will say it's really tempting looking at that minus 140 money line on, on the Nuggets because they need this one so bad. Their coach just called them out for effort. So you would think that they are going to give a lot of effort coming out of the gates in a Game 3. Um I don't mind maybe looking at this as a Nuggets first half spot for the reasons I just said. A lot of that effort should be there early. And Miami's just been the ultimate comeback team in, in this postseason. So they're never out of a game, and they, they know that. They'll kind of play consistent and just kind of try to stay alive for the second half. So if I'm looking at a side for the game, I'm probably looking at Denver first half. But the numbers on these teams, like Miami was one of, if not the worst, against the spread team in the NBA this season. They were awful at home, but the thing is they were always favored, and they just weren't covering these big numbers at home because this was the one seed last year. When they're a home underdog, they're 7-2 and two against the spread this season. Denver, as a road favorite, is 11-17 and 17 against the spread this season. Denver did all its work at home, protecting that home court, so... I'm a little nervous about Denver going on the road, but because of the, the call out for effort and the fact that the series is 1-1 and Denver needs to kind of show up here, I'd probably be looking at the first half there. And then, like we talked about early in the hit, if, if Hero's going to play some minutes, then you got to start looking at some Miami uh, role players to go under their point props. Really good stuff. He is a DraftKings content specialist, an analyst for DraftKings Sportsbook and DraftKings Nation. Julian Edlow, my guest. Julian, great job. Really good to have you on. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate that. All right, sounds good, Jim. Thanks for having me. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Shams tweeted, quote, sources. Kyrie Irving has reached out to Lakers star LeBron James in attempts to see if James would come to Dallas. Irving is a free agent this offseason. All right, so because I had an interview right there, 
A good interview, by the way, with Julian. But because I had an interview right there, I couldn't really flush that out. And I want to take another moment right now. I've got more thoughts on this, but I want to reiterate something I said. Was it not Kyrie who only moments ago was lecturing all of us and telling us to stay out of his mentions. He goes on Instagram Live to do so, in fact. So he's on social media telling us to stop talking about him on social media. He really did that. Not that long ago, Kyrie went on Instagram Live, said he was at dinner, and can people please leave him alone and stop asking him what he's going to do as a free agent? Again, let me reiterate, he went on Instagram Live to lecture people and admonish people and tell them to stay the hell off Twitter and stop talking about him. Stop mentioning me on Twitter. All y'all fan bases, stop mentioning me right now, please. It is still the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. Like, or excuse me, Denver's going to the finals. We're still waiting for Boston and Miami. Can y'all please leave me the out of this? Please, can I just be with my family in peace? Y'all got people at my dinner table discussing what my free agency plans are. <laughs> stop that. Y'all think it's funny, shit, but please stop that. I, like, I actually like having peace of mind when I'm at the crib, right? Like, I, I see all y'all ads. I, I see all y'all mentions. Okay, I said it. I see all y'all stuff y'all be saying. I see all y'all families. I get it. I get it. I'm just as excited as y'all are. But you gotta chill, though. I mean, dude, this dude's arrogance is so off the charts. Can all you all fan bases leave me the hell alone? Leave me the f- out of this? No, no, not even leave me the hell alone. Leave me the bleep out of this. All right, just so I'm clear on this, Kyrie, you want all of us to leave you the bleep out of this because we're still in the conference finals. Yet you drag all of us into it right in the middle of the NBA Finals. Hypocrite? How does that make sense, Kyrie? This dude. I mean, incredible. And then on top of that, I'm still not clear why he and LeBron are as tight as they are. Didn't Kyrie leave LeBron to get his own team, be his own guy, be the alpha? Didn't he bounce? Didn't he in some way betray LeBron? How are they as tight as they are? Oh, wait. And then there's LeBron. Look at what LeBron's already done since they got bounced. He already dropped that whole retirement thing. Like, I might retire. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. So he did that. And don't think that wasn't calculated. And now you have Kyrie trying to recruit LeBron to Dallas. So already LeBron, since getting bounced, is already flirted with this notion of retirement, and somehow he and Kyrie are talking about maybe him going to Dallas. Now I know why these two guys don't hate each other. They're the same guy. Hey, hey, fellas, neither of you are in the finals. We don't want to think about either one of you. Kyrie, stop lecturing us and telling us to stop talking about you and thinking about you. We don't stop want that. to. You're the one who won't let us stop, stop thinking that. about you. You're the last guy we want to think about right now, Kyrie. We're trying to watch the NBA Finals. We don't care. You didn't even make the playoffs. Why do we care about you? We Please, don't. can I just be with my family in peace? Stay with your family in peace. Dude, nobody's talking about you. Nobody cares. 
Except when you leak, when reports like this come out. Stop that. He's telling us to stop that. That's rich. Please stop that. It's the same dude who joined the Mavs when they were allegedly a superstar away. And not to make a deep run, but to win it all. Like, remember when he went there, the question was, are they the ones to beat? Are they the ones to beat? And then they missed the postseason. So he's trying to make the argument, hey, LeBron, come here. You got to chill, though. No, actually, LeBron probably started the conversation with Kyrie, you got to come here. Why, man? You got to come here. Come join me. And by the way, how's that going to work? So, oh, oh, so LeBron's not the alpha. Kyrie, in fact, is calling the shots, not LeBron. So there's that. Another reason why that won't work. And then what? So LeBron could be option number three there, and Kyrie's calling the shots? Never mind that Luka's better than both of them. But, but at least you're not about you. At least Please you're, you're going to let the teams that are actually in the finals get their shine. At least you're not going to make it about you. At least there's no look at me involved here. But again, the richest thing of all, and I'm, I'm constantly talking about, isn't that rich? Isn't this rich? Find me something richer than Kyrie not that long ago lecturing all of us about talking about him on social media only to because hey leave me out of this i'm stop trying to chill with my family on Twitter is all- stop all, all y'all fan bases stop speculating i know you want to know i know you're really excited about me and what i'm going to do i know i know the whole world's looking at me but leave me the bleep alone i'm just as i'm trying to have dinner are, but you got to chill and it's the conference finals man Leave me alone. You gotta chill. Please stop. That. Oh, now it's the NBA Finals, and nobody's talked about me in 24 hours. <laughs> stop that. So I guess I'll just kind of put it out there that hey, you know, me and LeBron been rapping, yo. Kyrie is something else. This dude. And by the way, LeBron's not much better because again, LeBron has already fake retired and fake been traded. <laughs> so we're talking about him still. But notice we're not talking. I mean, what? They played two games in the NBA Finals, and already both these guys are freaking out. No one's talking about us. No one's looking at us. Nobody's talking about what we're going to do. Why do I have to keep hearing about Jimmy Butler? Why is Gabe Vincent getting all this run? Caleb Martin? Why is it about him? Spo? please. Doesn't he work? Isn't he a video guy? LeBron's got to be like, Spo, please. I damn near got that guy fired. Please. I try to. Two games into the NBA Finals, and these guys are doing this. A a Kyrie, stay out of our mentions. How about that, Kyrie? Instead of telling us to stay out of your mentions, stay out of our mentions so we can focus on the NBA Finals. You know, the guys who are actually in it. Incredible. 1-800-636-8686. Jamie in Green Bay writes, Are Kyrie and Russ in a competition to be the most sensitive player in the NBA? I have never seen two people go out of their way to see and hear what people say about them. I think he might include LeBron in that too. 
He may be the GOAT, but he also might be the GOAT of that. I, I just I can't get over the irony of Kyrie telling all of us to stay the hell off Twitter and talking about him only to have that leak during the NBA Finals days later. Kyrie, you don't see the irony in that, the garbage in that. Are we that dumb? Garbage. This guy writes, is that Kyrie or that bag from Sacramento laughing while talking? What a bag. No one cares about any of you bitches. Signed Devin and Eugene where the grass is green. War Alvey and Steve Garvey. Stop that. Y'all think it's funny, but please stop that. War. Oh, Johnny boy in New York. War Alvey and Steve Garvey. We don't need number six making a comeback. You don't need to be going there. One, four, three, C1. I mean, the arrogance of that guy. All your all's fan bases, man. I, I know you're excited about where I might go. I am too. But can you give it a rest for even I'm one just hour? I'm as excited as y'all are. But you gotta chill, though. You gotta chill, man. You gotta stop looking at me. Stop you that. gotta stop talking about me. You gotta stop talking stop about a guy who was supposed to put a team over the top and missed the postseason. Oh, Johnny boy. You gotta stop talking about me. Stop that. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. This is a huge week in smack-off season because we are now just 25 days from the big day. Smack-off 29 is on June 30th. And I heard a rumor that we might, in fact, be getting the smack-off promo before the day of this year. We might actually get the smack-off <laughs> promo before the smack-off, which would be such a win. No names mentioned. Alvin DeLauro. It's an Alvin DeLauro production. <laughs> love to see it. Love I would to love see to see it. it, dude. I would love to see it. I would love to see that Smack Off promo before the actual Smack Off. In fact, rumor has it we may even get it before the end of the week. The Smack Off. Stay tuned for that. That'd be awesome if true. You, you, However, you, for you. today... While we wait for the smack-off promo, we forge ahead with another player profile. Getting the treatment today is a caller that has become one of my single favorite players to profile because this player is completely unique. This player is completely polarizing. Probably because this player is a dog. Not that kind of dog, but a dog. A canine. That's right, clones. Today... It is about Paul's dog. Do not be changing your station. Do not be turning off your radio. Hear me out. Hear me out. This is how polarizing this dog is. Because I do know a percentage of you are like, ah, ah, out. See you never again, Rome, or see you tomorrow. It is about Paul's dog. The profile is of Paul's dog. And I'm going to tell you why I love this mutt. I love this mutt 
for two reasons. Number one, the mutt cracks me up. And number two, the mutt does in fact drive the most polarized reactions of any caller to this show. Any caller. People either absolutely love this dog or they hate his guts. People either think he's about to rip his first smack off crown or they think that he is the single worst thing that has ever happened to the show and there is no in between. At least not from the feedback that I get on Twitter, email, and on the phones. But if I know anything about my own show, and by the way, for you to make this statement, for you to tell me, hey, Rome, by the way, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to your show. I'm the only one who's been here for every show. So how can you tell me the worst thing that's ever happened to my show? I'm not saying that you're not entitled to your opinion, but that's a pretty strong statement. Hey, Rome, you want to know the very worst thing that has ever happened to your radio program? Oh, I don't know. You mean that radio program that I've hosted every day for almost 40 years? You're going to tell me. Oh, okay. I'm all ears. It's that damn dog. Sure, it's not. If I know anything about my own show, can I repeat that? If I know anything, my name is Jim Rome. If I know anything about the Jim Rome radio show, it's that that dog is not the worst thing that has ever happened around here. In fact, not by a mile. I'll do you one better. He's actually one of the better things that has happened around here in a long time. And you're about to hear exactly why that is. But first, I think it's past time that we revisit the origin of Paul's dog. Because at this point, I'm sure there are plenty of listeners who have no idea where the hell this pooch came from or why. And actually, those are fair questions. The answer is this. It was a random call from Paul in Buffalo from back in December of 2020. Hey, Paul, what's up? How are you? Hey, Jim. It's a pleasure to speak with you. First off, I'd like to really, uh, my dog's barking. Dude, what kind of dog is I'd that? Like to, uh, I, he's, uh, I think he's kind of a lot of different ones, but I think he's a Ridgeback okay. and a Jack Russell. But anyhow, Jim, I want to, uh, you know, Extend your support to the equine industry. My father uh, raised horses out of Toronto, and every uh, winter he would have to go down to New York. Oh, Alvin's getting me. And uh, so I became a Jets fan as my dad was living out of New York. All right, Paul, thank you very much. Let me uh, jump in here. Now I've got something for you, Paul. Actually, not really something for you, but rather something for your dog. I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden ticket. I just gave a dog a golden ticket. So, a total legend was born. Paul in Buffalo's dog. You want to talk about seizing an opportunity. Talk about rising to a moment. That pooch saw his opening and ran with it. So I throw the dog a golden ticket, and I figured that would be the very end of it. But then he ended up showing up on the big day and actually made it onto the air at Smack Off 27. Check the dog out. Roll over him, room. Ranks are having me run Smack Off. Rubble is, we got too many cats in here. We need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. 
Meow. Broken in the mirror. Do I look good? Do I got my extra bands on? Got my other shoes on? Be a dog. We don't need a meow. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Sports take. For America's team. Going to win the Supper Bowl. Cleveland, this is for you. Bow wow wow, yippee yo, yippee bow wow, yippee yo, yippee Dog pound. Romy, I'll talk to you at 2.45, be sure standard time. Rough me, rum route. All right, so you would think right there, that would be the ceiling for a dog calling a radio program. He ripped a ticket, he made it on the air in the smack off. Pretty funny, but the saga's got to end right there, right? Turns out not even close. Because since that first smack off, the dog has only ramped up his hustle in the jungle and has become rangy, developed his game, his versatility. For example, the same dog, that dog taught himself to sing. There was so much drama in the JTB, it kind of was being Paul D.O. Double G. Somehow, some way, keep coming up with fancy tapes about every single day. Me, I kick a little something for the clones and sniff a few butts as a breeze. I got a pocket full of golden tickets. You got zero. Rolling through the jungle, smacking lamos, cracking up kooks and booze. Paul's dog. Rolling through the jungle, smacking lamos, cracking on kooks and boobs. You're going to tell me that's the worst thing that's ever happened to this show. I'm going to call you a kook and a boob if you think so. And if you like that one, wait until you hear his clone holiday carol. Calgary, Rachel's hairy back, Dale Harris, that's whack. Rick is a putz, Vic and no cow sucks, Toby in H-Town, hanging out with Larry Brown, Carl and Rosemead with his B-I-S-B, James appropriating, Ralphie's procreating, Chalk is a vamp, Rick is a gramp, Jungle Tourette's, Big Heads Bets, Rim, 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 Berry, Berry, Berry a bone, her end of the song, remember who is gone, Randall in the O.C. non-Hunter in St. Louis, Mike in San Diego, Trapper said to see you go. Merry, 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 Merry Christmas clothes. <coughs> that Caroline game is hard, dog. <coughs> that's the worst thing that's ever happened in my program. That's one of the best things that's ever happened. And if you want to say to me, right, Rome, then your show sucks if that's one of the best things that ever happened. All right, then my show sucks. That dude's clever. That's smart. That's funny. Except he isn't really about singing. Really, the pooch is only about the show. He gets the show. He knows the show. He seems to hear it just about every single second of the show. And then is able to twist it into his advantage. Case in point. When he came in to welcome the newest XR4TIR to the crew back in March. I want to give a huge... Jungle welcome to one Jack Savage. Hmm. More like Jack Tame. Just look at his damn face, bro. Dude, looks like a cross between Harry Potter 
and that baby from E-Trade. Hmm, a talking baby? That's ridiculous. Babies can't talk. Hmm. Anyway, hey, Jack Mild, that peach fuzz on your grill isn't fooling anybody. That's a joke. Just like when Scooby and the gang unmasked a space kook, only to find out that it was Jack Savage all along. <laughs> Jack Tame. Jack Mild. Like he's salsa. Jack Savage. Here's another thing about Paul's dog. He, this is key. He's a regular contributor. He's in here all the time. He essentially has the mentality that it's always smack-off season in the jungle. He said as much a couple of months back when he dropped in out of nowhere to snag a free pay-per-view with this call. I want to talk about the Frankfurter free-for-all at Phileas Field. Why wasn't I there? Paul! <laughs> Can you imagine the carnage of conies that was? Dogs flying through the air like left the Laguna Beach bulldog in his helicopter. <clears throat> right, I haven't seen wieners weaponized like that since Brandon Corona put the Canadian bros on his tidy whiteies. Does anyone remember Myler and Myler? <clears throat> Neither do I. <clears throat> Roar! It being smack-off season all damn year. Let me tell you something. If he wasn't doing that and running that kind of smack in a dog voice, you'd probably love the guy. But since he's a dog, you hate him? That doesn't make any sense. Separate the smack from the dog. Personally, I think the smack is funnier because he is a dog. But if he said what he said as a normal caller, you'd be like, oh, he's going to win. He's going to win. So say what you will about the dog. And I know I can't stop you from all your lava takes the second he hits the air, every single time he hits the air. But it is inevitable at this point. Even you haters have to admit that that dog has game. That that dog does, in fact, run quality smack. The dog can sing. The dog can rap. The dog can speak multiple languages. The dog is extremely active up in here. So no matter what you haters say, no matter what you haters think, that dog has earned his spot. And he's building an impressive jungle resume. Bow wow wow yippee yo yippee bow wow yippee yo yippee The Athens dogs. Mmm, chocolatey. <laughs> Sandwich snacker man. Nice to see you again, Sando. Good thing Paul has a widescreen TV. Looks like snacks ate. Randrew Bogish. Randrew! First word is Randrew! Ruff, 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 ruff. Passion V. Paul's dog. Passion V. Paul's dog. Passion's phone got hacked. That's pretty whack. Follow me on Sniffer. Look at me on Bite. Paul's dog getting racked all damn night. My main mutt, Quentin Rover. Or Mad Dog speaking Spanish. Hola, amigo. Rasta la vista. Ryan Paul's dog. Randy or not. Rama made pooch. 30 pieces of kibble. 
roar, Paul's Dog Nation, for wagging my tail. Who's a good boy? Here I am. Rough me, rum route. Who's a good boy? I am. Rack me. I'm out. The, the fact that this dude has kept this thing up this whole time is incredible. And never runs out of material. That is Paul in Buffalo's dog. A two-time smack-off participant and still waiting for that big breakthrough on the big day. In fact, that's all that pooch has left to prove. Some of you think he's a favorite. Some of you think that he's the worst caller in the jungle. I'm just looking forward to seeing how he shows up on the 30th. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I can almost guarantee he will not come in dead last. And I can guarantee he is not the worst thing that ever happened to the program. Just as I can guarantee that plenty of you haters think that he is and are enraged right now. What's not to understand about that? Like, Again, if you listen to what he's saying and not how he's saying it, some of it is so funny and so clever, and the smack is strong. You just can't get around the fact that it's some middle-aged male pretending to be a dog. To me, that's what makes it so funny. Let's go to Bella's cat. Hey, Bella's cat, what's up? Thank you for taking the alcohol again. Thank you for the yarn. I am the cat that belongs to Bella B in Malgary. I apologize for my long absence, but it's all Bella B's fault. Bella has been keeping me in a state of neglect and disrepair. My hair has grown wild and bushy. I am unkempt. Alvin, I don't really know what the hell you're doing. But I know you're not listening to the call. Did you not hear that line that that cat just got off? Like, I can't even even repeat it. Normally, when somebody gets run, I repeat why they got run. I refuse to even repeat what that guy just, what Bella's cat just said. And you're just sitting there like, so far, so good. Haven't heard anything offensive yet. Good night now!